0: Get ready for your weekly dose of talent strategies and tactics from industry leaders to help you attract, select, and retain your top talent. You're listening to Inside Executive Search with Steve Yakish and Scott Peterson. Inside Executive Search Podcast. My name is Steve Yakish, and this show is for business owners, board members, and executives exploring strategies and tactics to attract, select, and retain the very best. If you're not feeling 100% confident that you have a plan to find the very best, keep listening. This podcast will help you get there. That said, I'd like to bring in the ever-loving Scott Peterson.
1: Oh, I always get a different introduction every week. There's so much Uh, to you. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. (laughs)
0: Well, today we are uh, honored to bring in our first guest speaker. Why don't you yeah, introduce this him? This is
1: a great first day for us in terms of, uh, of having a guest on our podcast. Uh, today, I met a gentleman named George Murray a few weeks ago. And he had a wonderful story about networking and the power of networking. And as you remember, last week, we had an episode on active recruiting, or excuse me, active networking and what that means and how to do it, which, which led me to think about George In our conversation that we had a couple weeks ago. So let me introduce George real quick and then I'll let George jump into his story and what he uh, experienced about networking over the last couple years. Uh, George is currently the the Vice President of Operations and Corporate Officer for Rudolph Technologies. It's about a $600 million publicly traded semiconductor equipment manufacturer uh, with global manufacturing and multi-site operations.
0: You must be busy, George. A little bit. Okay.
1: (laughs) He found himself in two job transitions over the last three years. The first one was a 13-month-long transition. Late towards his first transition, he he developed what he calls a day-in-the-life process. Uh, This is one of the topics which he speaks about on the the accelerated his ability to land his second job much quicker. So the second time that he was in transition, that was about a six-month transition. So he talked about how to be aggressive and successful in your networking process. George also consults for business who are looking for strategic growth, profitability improvement, or culture improvement. So welcome to our podcast, George. Well, thank you. And
2: I'm very humbled and honored.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, as we, as we discussed over coffee a couple of weeks ago, George, I really thought it was an interesting story that we could share with with our listeners. So tell us about your job transition and what it meant to get into what we call that active networking.
2: Sure. I would say, like most executives that I meet uh, each week now, I was kind of like that deer in a headlight look. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was able, very fortunate to meet a lot of great people early on that kind of set a path for me. All had very good tidbits of information. And just about seven months into my 13-month transition, I created you know this day in the life. There's certain things throughout the period of the day that will make you more successful in order to land a lot of that is contingent about networking into your next opportunity if you're a professional person. So that was really the gist of it. The first seven months I kind of went around and, and networked with some, what I consider Uber networkers out there, like the Greg rise, Jenny Jeffords, Lenny Newman's of the world out there. And they basically gave me those tidbits and I kind of put it all in a, in a little bag of tools and then just created what I would consider the day in life. It's, starts off in the morning i think you know when you're in transition you really have to be on your game all the time and a part of that is really being motivated because transition can be
1: very demotivating so did you find it difficult to kind of plan your day and your week and your month oh, yeah. when you're when you don't have quote-unquote anything to do uh, from a job standpoint yeah, yeah I, I agree that's a great
2: question I think everybody, including myself, you know, there's no book for it, right? Or if the book, it's 400 pages, right? (laughs) Right. Nobody wants to read 400 pages. So I think one of the things that I was able to clarify was, is that first and foremost, you have to, you know, have to be positive. You have to show up. You have to be what I would consider dressed to the nines. Uh, One person in transition that really uh, resonated uh, throughout my transition, he was in transition himself, was uh, Mark Steen. I was always in a suit, always in a tie, always in a positive attitude, and I said, you know, part of the branding process, you know, is how you come and show
1: up. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, tell us about, you know, what did that look like? Meaning, how many people did you meet a week when you really developed the process? When it was fully kind of baked into your into your daily life, how many people were you seeing to help you network to that that next opportunity?
2: Yeah, I would say probably about the seven month mark in my first transition, I moved all the way up to probably about five to seven a day. Wow. A lot of people <laughs> say that. That's yeah. the first response I get. Wow. And a lot of people are in transition. What else do you have? Mm-hmm. You really have, it's work. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally the hardest job you have because you have all this effort and you're, gotten, you're not getting any type of return on investment. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're 50 steps closer or 500 steps closer right. to your next opportunity.
0: So so how did you determine, like, who you should be networking with? I mean, because you can network, but if it's not going to continuously push you forward to that finish line, you know, how do you determine, should I meet with these five or those five?
2: Sure. Oh, that's another great question. I would say, first and foremost, when you're out there, you want to get maximum exposure. Um, One of the uh, people that I was networking with really told me early on, you know, you've got great skill sets but so do other 40 other people and they've already been out there six or seven months. So you really got to up your game. So I really kind of took a shotgun approach and Mm -hmm. and said, I'll meet with anybody that's willing to meet with me. You know, the first three months, especially my second transition was just get maximum exposure. And then it's, you know, take the shotgun, put it away, take out the rifle and kind of put what I would consider two swim lanes. Mine were swim lanes was the first one, you know, an executive looking for, you know, 50 to $250 million company, but so are a lot, sure. right? So I said my other swim lane that I'm seeing more traction in is broken down into three categories. First, it's CEOs, board members, decision business owners. Mm-hmm. Second tier is private equity firms. Third tier is business lawyers and uh, CPAs of small to medium-sized businesses. Do you know anybody? So when mm-hmm. I started to get that traction and meeting those people – The answers I received and the networking I was getting was just continuing to fill that pipeline.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's an important piece when to know and have your you know elevator speech of what you're looking for because I think by nature most people want to help, but if you're so broad, they don't. You're not giving them something to really think about when they probably know two or three people that you should talk to but you got to tell them what you who you want to talk to right oh, exactly
2: yeah i mean and i think you know one of the things that didn't roll off my tongue is the old elevator pitch and mm-hmm. we had had this conversation when we met elevator pitches are basically a lot of history about what you've done and i think it's forcing the listener or the person that you're meeting to try to understand well how does that relate to maybe some other need and what i did was is because we live in a very short attention span society <laughs> I created what I call the value proposition statement. It's got to be two or three lines, less than 30 seconds. What makes you different than anybody else? Mm -hmm. So instead of all about me, it's what skills I have that actually can impact you and influence your business. You know, and mine was always, you know, how do I hit them in their pockets? Mm -hmm. My response is always three of the four pockets. You know, I'm I'm an executive looking to drive uh, flat to declining businesses in a positive you know, nature, both top and bottom line, while injecting a more ac- equally accountable work culture. Hmm. 85% of the people that you're interviewing the jobs, they're having problems either their top line, their bottom line, their culture or a combination. Right. right.
0: Absolutely.
1: So your message to get these meetings with those three networking groups, if you will, you've obviously sharpened that over, over time. Because sure. I'm sure when you first started, it was a bit clunky, mm. uh, not very polished, and then you probably came much better at your hit rate in terms of, hey, I'm sending a an email or an in-mail out to a CEO. In the early days, your percentage was probably a lot lower than than, than later. What was your message to, these, to those groups that resonated with them that said, sure, I'd love to meet this guy. He sounds dynamic, and I'm, I want to help this guy the best I can. I might not have a job, but I might know somebody that does.
2: Sure. No, I would say, actually, I was challenged by one of the people that I consider my uh, uh, personal board of advisors. Mm-hmm. Right, each couple of weeks, I sat down with these individuals, and they were basically held me accountable, right? And they also gave me opportunities to to feed my network. So um, one of the one of the days where we were sitting down, the individual said, "What can you do differently? Because certain things have stagnated, right?" And that was kind of another tool I put in my belt. This is that. Every three to four weeks, you should have that stop, start, continue model. What's working? Continue to do. Start something new that you know might hit. And one of the things was is actually cold call CEOs. And <laughs> I didn't believe that. I'm an ops guy. I'm not a sales guy. <laughs> yeah. It took me quite a while. It took me about three hours to say, okay, if I'm a CEO and I'm going to get a message, it's got to be short, concise, and to the point. Um, I selected ten CEOs in the metro area, and ironically enough doug baker of echo labs was the first ceo to respond Hmm. within two days i mean and i was literally blown away and my message to him on his phone was doug this is george murray recently transitioning executive took a company from 100 to 180 million you know within 18 months i'm looking to network in the medium to large business community would love your advice 22 seconds Hmm. and ironically enough he called me back two days later and I was not prepared to say the least. <laughs> a very awkward start of a conversation, but. Uh, well, obviously, was,
1: something resonated with him about yeah. that statement, right? He obviously heard you say something completely different than the other message he's been getting because you know he's getting them or not that his, his yeah. admin probably was filtering. Sure. But she put that one through or allowed that one to, to get through or, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, you hit uh, the mark. He had stated to me out of, you know,
2: many, many messages, I was one of the few that was left on the answering machine from his admin. Uh, And he said, you know, powerful message. I would keep it, encourage you and gave me his email and said, you know, I'd do anything to help you. And ironically enough, through my transition, he reached out a couple of times to check up on me and see how things were going. So, hey, that's really kudos to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your your journey that landed you in your current job. I mean, the... All the networking, how did it ultimately help you land it at Rudolph Technologies?
2: I would say, you know, a majority of my opportunities leading up to Rudolph was um, all through networking. I was in five final rounds of interviews. Hmm. Rudolph was one of them. And Rudolph was the only one. I went direct to the CEO. And a couple of days later, he called me back. Hmm. Right. With a similar message. And then six or seven weeks later, I got an offer. Um, the other four were all introductions. You know, four to five, you know, strings of introductions. Actually, one of them was uh, from uh, Doug Baker and mm-hmm. the contacts that uh, we created over over that por- course of time. But uh, that's how I, I just reached out, mm. left a message to Mike, said, "Here's my value proposition statement." Two days later, he calls me and said, "Listen, you're a little bit behind in the interviewing process. We need to expedite you." CFOs coming in next week, and like I'll be there. <laughs> and I uh, went through the final rounds and. Uh, at the offer.
0: That's awesome. It's a great
2: company, great people, great culture. Yeah, I made the right choice.
0: Awesome. So now that you have done all this networking and you have you've developed this this network of people, you know, through all of your transitions, how are you utilizing that network and applying it to in your job today?
2: I would say first and foremost, it's that personal board of advisors. I still reach out to them very periodically you know some a couple of weeks actually one's a ceo in the metropolitan area that mm-hmm. i developed over time and i've talked to him quite frequently every you know three to four weeks so mm-hmm. last time i talked to him he was stepping off a plane in dubai he's like george you know was going <laughs> so i just think that that you you should be able to create that because that can also hold you accountable in transition because you can get a little lazy mm-hmm. if you don't have people holding you accountable and having those metrics in place and then the other thing is, from that resource perspective, is, is that when you have challenges in a business that you may not want to or um, ready to share with you know your peer group or, or your boss or whatever, you can use them as a sounding board, right? Absolutely. so And then I just think that when you're landed, you really need to keep that refreshed, and that's you know continuing to do you know three to four network meetings, whether it's seven o'clock in the morning, right before work or right after work. And then one of the things that uh, Steve Stope, another great Uber networker, gave me, he said, you know, every two to three years, just send a really quick update, you know, a couple of lines of what you've been doing, a couple lines of what you may need help with or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that really just keeps your, you know, your uh, network live and well, because a lot of times we get in heads down and the next thing we know, we find ourselves out and it takes about six or seven months to start that networking group back up again. So that's a good segue
1: into if, if if I'm an executive or really anybody that is in a cur- in a current role and not really looking for an opportunity, we know in this day and age things change quickly. Companies get sold, you know, mergers, mergers, acquisitions. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are going through a merger right now. What would you give advice to um, those people out there listening to this? Two or three things that they could do today while they're in their job to help them activate that network if that transition time gets them and they weren't expecting it.
2: Well, I mean, if you're in a job, you, you you have customers, you have suppliers, reach out to them, you know, have just a meeting with them, you know, coffee and, and talk about something outside of work and then just get that common connection. Great book for anybody who's not been in transition. First of all, is that 20 minute networking by Marsha Ballinger, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good baseline. But what I did was, is I managed that that networking time all the way down to the 70-30 split. Let them talk 70% of the time, really truly, you know, the the networking meaning will get you the meaning, but you got to find a way to truly connect. Mm-hmm. So do a little bit of homework and try to find out, you know, how do you connect with that person because that's really where the glue is and that's where you can turn around and work a really great relationship. A prime example, Dan Halverson, he's another one that's out there. He, over the course of time, we connected and we found a really good connection through his daughters went through uh, swim uh, scholarships and my daughter was in high school swimming and uh, that was really the connection. And mm-hmm. since then, he and I have exchanged introductions of at least four
1: dozen executives. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I think we as a, as a search firm sort of take it for granted because we network Mm. every day for our job right. right and so when someone is transitioning we go we just assume that they should know what to do like yeah you just start reaching out to people you start making those connections you start making it real whether it's swimming or volleyball or other other pastimes golf is a is a big one that t- yeah. makes connections so those are great uh, opportunities for people to connect on a much more um personal level right that will help you drive to a, a more professional level opportunity exactly
0: awesome Well, George, this has been awesome having you here and giving all that advice. I mean, I think it's something that you can't take for granted, whether you're in a job now and just build that personal board of advisors through networking, or obviously it could be that safety net if you... You know, if the executive does find themselves in in transition, you got a little bit of a head start if you if you're doing it now while you're currently employed. So there's there's no no negatives about networking. It's about finding the time and de- being disciplined.
1: I love the the personal board of advisors. I think we all sort of have them, but we I didn't really put that sort of thought around them because there are go to people in my life that I go to with questions about business or personal whatever it might be. So that personal board of advisors. I like that sort of terminology. And I think that's a great takeaway for people to make sure that they have that an active personal board of advisors in their, in their life. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again, George, for coming in. And that'll be a wrap on this episode. For our listeners, as always, if you want to get a hold of Scott, You can look him up on LinkedIn or go out and visit Verseek.com and you can get all his contact information. And again, if you're a first-time listener and like what you heard, uh, you can find our podcast channel out on where we at, Taylor. We're on Apple, Spotify, google play
1: all your favorite podcast
0: channels all your favorite podcast channels so go out and subscribe if you like what you hear and uh again george thanks for taking the time today it's been great information and we will talk to everybody soon okay
1: we'll see you then hear you then hear
0: you then